And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Holy Christ, did we have some fights last night. It is the weighing in podcast with Josh Thompson, who is back from actually doing the fight companion. He had to run his butt back, be fast, so we could put out our show and give it out to our fans. We got a lot to talk about. There were some fantastic fights. There's one I want to talk about big time. What did you think of the entire evening? I thought it was a good night of fights, man. I thought some of the fighters that needed to perform performed. And that's what we needed to see. Like Manel Cop. I thought he finally had the performance that we've all been waiting for. That type of performance. And then uh, Alonzo Menafield. He actually came out uh-huh. and did some work. Thought he did a great job. I feel, you know, for Ed Herman, it's it's kind of time. We've talked about it beforehand. I've always been a big fan. We kind of came up together a little bit. He was a little bit after me, but always been a big fan. It's just time. Some, you know, you've got to know when. And I thought Menafield took advantage of that situation, and he he laid down some good work on him. And I thought there was fighters that had finally started living up to some expectations. Yeah, I thought overall there was some fantastic fights. But let's talk. We'll talk about the whole thing. But I cannot wait to talk about Bobby Green. And Rafael Fayezev, Fayezev, however you want to say it. Fazeev. Damn, Fazeev. Thank yeah. you very much. Man, that was a hell of a fight. They they put it on again. This, that's one of those ones I don't want to see anyone lose. I want to see that you know both guys get their due. Both guys get their big pay or whatever pay it is. It was That was an incredible matchup. But let's start from the bottom of this sucker. What did you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I came in because I was still in the air a little bit. I came in at the middle. Oh, Cop yeah. Fight. So if you okay. come up before Then we won't talk. Johnny so, Muniz, I'll down. tell you right. Jo- Johnny Munoz, man, came out, looked good on his feet. He's got a great ground game. And when he got the back, it was all over. Simmons, basic, you know, a good wrestler and did the basic things that wrestlers do, turned his back on him. And as soon as he turned his back, it was just a matter of time. Johnny Munoz been doing jiu-jitsu for just about his entire life. I think he started when he was five years old. You yeah. know, IBJJF champion and stuff. The guy can roll, and you cannot make the mistake of giving someone like that. Got the rear naked choke. It was a really nice win. Good job by Johnny Munoz. That's that, that's that fight that you're looking for when you're coming up. So I saw the highlight of the Miles John. I, I just had came into the hotel and checked in. I saw it up on the screen, and it was just a nasty knockout. But how was the first two rounds of that fight? No, it was. I'll tell you what. They were banging, and, and Miles John came out, went to the low calf kick, and immediately caused problems for Dos Santos in that his leg got damaged. You could see it even before the yeah. commentator. I go, dude, his leg's screwed. And finally, about three. Two more kicks in there. They go, oh, he's got some problems with his leg. No, he had it before. You could see it. And finally, to the point, he switches stance to get his you know, leg back and make it so Johns can't attack the same way. But he had no offense from that point because he's just not comfortable being in the southpaw position that he was then in. And Miles John, very, very just, you know, systematic in his attack, went to the body well, had really you know, his boxing look good. He just came in there and he put on a performance and just put it on Dos Santos in a fight that I don't think a lot of people were going to give him credit for that he was going to win that. Man, and the knockout that he had. Did you see the knockout? Yeah, it was nasty. Oh, dude. It was nasty. It was Man, playing it was, on it was like like repeat on social media as well. When I got off when I got to the hotel, I looked on social media and it was just like playing on a loop. Someone I just was I was it was mesmerizing. But the thing is 
with Dos Santos, you were talking about the calf kick. If you look at the Ed Herman fight, it was the same exact thing. thing. He had yep. to switch. He just he couldn't do anything. He couldn't push off to get a takedown. He couldn't push backwards to get de- to be defensive. If you're putting all your weight on your back foot after having to switch to southpaw, you're not the same fighter anymore. And the calf kicks have really changed the game. Oh, yeah. So we well, talked about great performance, great performance by him. But and you take a look at the calf kick, and you can say those things as far as. We see the ones we saw in the Ed Herm. Ed was able to work his way through it, but it was killing him. He's just a stone-tough dude who will not stop. In this one, it really made a difference in what you know Dos Santos was able to do offensively, which changed the entire fight. Then you can go and take a look at, like I was talking, Bobby Green. Bobby Green ate a bunch of them, just kept yeah. walking through it. You know, He's just a fucking you go. stud, man. People are crazy, man. He's Unbelievable. a stud. Let's, Bobby let's, Green is, is, is just a stud. Yes. <laughs> All right, Ode Osborne versus your man, Manel Cape. Talk about it. Go. What is there to talk about? He finally lived up to the expectations of everything that we've been talking about. He was getting ta- clipped, though. Ta- he was, but that's the thing, though. He has to open up. In his first couple of fights, he was afraid to open up, so he never really got hit. And that's what kind of held him back. He's got a chin. He can wrestle the shit out of people, and he's fast and explosive on the feet. Just be you, man. Just don't go out there and play it safe. And that's, I think, what a lot of the problem is for fighters that come in from another organization. They get to the UFC, they're almost like, oh, my God, I'm here. No, no, you're just getting here in terms of you have a lot to prove still. doesn't matter what you did outside of there. you know. And then when you get there, you've got a lot to prove. And there was a lot of hype around him. I know that Mike Swick was high on him for the longest time before because he had trained out of uh, Thailand. AKA AKA. Thailand, yeah. Yeah, and I, I understood. I, I saw As soon as I saw him training, I was like, man, this kid's good. He's really good. He's explosive. He's fun to watch. But then he got to the UFC, and he just shut down. He was playing it safe. He was trying to ink out wins. It doesn't work that way, man. Not his do, what got you, do what got you to the dance. He did what got him to the dance, and this is the performance you're going to get from him. I think you know, if he continues to be this person, you're going to see great things from him. There was a couple things going on in this fight because Ode Osborne was doing well, but he kept doing the same. He was, you know, he's... He's southpaw, and he would give that lean towards his right and then mm-hmm. center himself back up, and he kept doing it. I'm like, you're taking a chance with that. Someone's going to start to time you, and oh, that's exactly what happened with the flying knee. He timed him in that series, and that's what caught him. Uh, you know, there was a question on – someone had a question. You know, is that a bad stoppage? No, man, he was frozen. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It the, the, bad, the, the bad thing as far as the stoppage, if you want to look at it, and it's not that the referee made a bad decision. He made an – indecisive decision because he came in and he tried to stop himself be decisive if you make that decision you see him frozen stop the fight it's that's that would have made it look cleaner but that was a good stoppage and that was a great win by manel cape yep that's what i thought uh what else jessica penne versus carolina kovakavich jessica yeah, i'm not gonna put your name man. i'm just gonna call her carolina Carolina, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, Jessica Penny yeah. came out. She was doing well. She she actually looked better in the stand up than I thought. Carolina, who actually does, you know, that's her style. She was lighting her up. She was doing well, and <laughs> there was a, a discussion by the commentators with Dominic and uh, Dan as far as whether there was a sweep or a, a stand up to a takedown by Jessica that ended up putting her in the top position, but whatever they want to go with it, it was a series of transitions that got her to that position. It was a very nice series by Jessica. Everything that she did was well planned, and she was the one in control of it. And when she got to that top position, she just did you know exactly what you're supposed to do. And she put 
Carolina in danger. The arm bar, I love the way she stuck with it because she understood how to control it. Don't let her turn in certain positions. Pinch down in this to keep her, you know, where she's at and just work the arm. Carolina did the right thing and trying to get out, but she got a little bit, you know, backside on it. And Jessica did not give up on it. And that's where a lot of times fighters will give up on it. It's there if you have the arm deep. If you don't have the arm deep, give up on it. But if you have it deep and you have the ability to get that arm, man, she did and she extended it because that thing was hyperextending well when when Carolina finally tapped. Is Jessica Penne back? I think she's back. You, you think she's back? Like in terms of, hey, she's ready to make this run? You know, she's. Re- I think she's ready right now. And this that was the whole thing with Carolina. I, I, I was in a position, I'm looking at Carolina with a series of losses. I think, you know, this is her fourth or fifth in a row now. But Isn't that, like I, I said, thought was, I, thought had, I thought she had two in a row. Oh man, I thought uh, she can had you pull? More. Yeah, pull her up. Yeah, yeah. She got more not now. But it where, was, does, uh, where does this put Jessica in the rankings? I don't know. Yeah, five in a row. That's five. Carolina. In a row. Yeah, see, that's what I said. Man. Yeah, but and if you look like, at who she's lost to, look at who she's all, lost to: Jessica Andrade, Michelle Waterson, Alexa Grasso. I mean, like I agree. I mean, the na- top names, all snipers. Yeah, no doubt about it. But it's a matter of confidence. When you've lost those, now you're tr- now you're trying to not make a mistake, yeah. and that's yeah, yeah. kind of what that's, happened in this. That starts happening after two losses. You just start questioning everything you're doing. Yeah, you know, as soon as you get back in there a third time, and you lose, you lose your third time, you start questioning like whether you want to do it anymore. I'm surprised, you know. But Jessica, though, let's can you pull up where Jessica is in the rankings? If she's in the rankings, she should yeah. probably be, I think, in the top twelve. I don't think she she was not in the rankings because obviously mm. she only had one fight. You know, yeah, in the last. Several years. You think but... that she would make her way in? No, well, I think she. I think she will off of that one. You know, I she's think she. Uh... No, she's not. Huh. I'd like to see her make a run as somebody in the in the rankings. It's uh, she's on her way. She's you know. Yeah. She, I think she's gaining confidence. She's she fought well. She fought a beautiful fight. Mm-hmm. Everything she did was spot on. You can't you know you take a look and you start to give you know. You know, either a letter grade or a number grade to what she did, it's very high. That was an A plus performance. John, here's the thing. You know what she kind of reminds me of? And no, I'm not taking a dig at Julia Budd. I'm just saying she reminds me of Julia Budd, somebody who has all the technique, all the abilities, everything like that, but just hasn't quite lived up to like what the expectations should be for her. That's like with Julia, right? Like, I think she's got great technique, but someone like Cyborg can push her around and bully her around the cage. But that Cyborg does it to a lot of people. But <laughs> with Jessica, she's got great technique. I did a seminar, a women's uh, self-defense seminar for, with her at University of San Diego, or maybe it was San Diego State. I think it was San Diego State. And um, she's got great technique, and she knows oh, how to does. teach, and she knows how to, like, show it. She was showing some moves. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get hit by that elbow. I don't want to get neat here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so she knows she's very good on the ground. She's very good on her feet. I just wonder if she's, like – her her strength is maybe not the same with some of the other females. And so I just, I wonder, cause she hasn't quite got to the, to that level that I feel like she should be with the amount of technique she has. See, and I, I look at it where I think she was, she's always been very strong in her grappling. Now she has mm-hmm. had some losses based upon grappling, but that, that can happen. You know, that's simple. The same thing as like Michael Chiesa last night, but she doesn't set up her her striking to make her grappling more effective as far as getting into her opponent and taking him down. 
She doesn't do the things that you look and you say, I need, instead of one here or a one, two, I need a one, two, three, four. And now you can drop levels. Now that you've dropped levels and you get into them, now you have a better chance at making this takedown work without you working so hard and then getting nothing out of it. I think it's yeah. all about the setups that she's doing. If she performs the way she did last night, you know, in the future, she's going to, she's going to have a lot of success. Obviously there's top people in that division, you know, that are always going to be tough. But when, when you talk about matching up ground game wise, she matches up very well. I mean, there's not many that can stay with her, you know, on the ground. And her standup has always been what I always looked at as, as a weak point, And it looked way better. Now, maybe it's because again, you know, Kovalkiewicz was not that confident, but it looked way better. And Kovalkiewicz is, is the person that normally has the better standup. So I was, I was really impressed by her. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing with her though, is that she needs to get, she needs to be fast tracked towards oh, yeah. top 10 top. She's 36 or she's, 37. She's got to be asking for fights right now. Yeah. She's got to be asking for him and saying, you know what? Two months down the road, one month down the road, I'm in the gym. I'm prepared. I'm ready. I don't need a full camp. She needs yeah. to go until she gets to that point where she needs the full camp for that. Yeah, especially after opponent. last night's performance. You know there wasn't a whole lot of damage done. Like, get back yeah, in the gym yeah. and say, hey, I'm ready to fight again in three or four weeks. Yep, exactly. Yep. Got to make that money. That's one thing because you've been away for so long. So you got to make that money to make up the money that you lost during that duration that you were away. And then you need a fast track, man. Get get on track to get to a title shot. If, you're, if I'm sitting in your position – She's still marketable. She's still fun to watch, you know, and she just needs to be fast tracked to getting into that top 10. And she's got to know whether she's going to make it or not. And then after that, you'll figure it out whether you're just fighting for money or are you fighting for the goal of getting to the title. Um, what, uh, so the Alonzo Minifil, I thought Alonzo Minifil had a great performance. Good Fantastic. stuff. You know, the calf kicks were on Smart. point. You could see doctor came in at the third round with the beginning of the third round and uh, checked uh, Ed's leg and let him go on. I was surprised to be honest because We've seen that hematoma on the calf with um, Rory McDonald, yep. and he he has literally torn the the muscle tore off of the bone, and he will never be the same after that. And I wonder if Ed had something similar to that because I remember Justin Wilcox, um, same exact thing. He came in after he fought somebody in Bellator, really Eight good. Stepanian, gosh man, Stepanian just butchered his leg, just butchered it. Yeah, and he was able to finally get a takedown, I think, in the third round or whatever, and get to the choke. <laughs> and it was, but he came and trained with us like six months later after he thought his calf was healed. You couldn't touch him there. He's still, he's like, it still hurts. So um, these are long, these are long lasting injuries when you get to the calf kick and it gets to develop that big, huge hematoma. Yep. So I don't know. I wonder how that's all going to turn out for him and if 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 he is going to fight again. You got to talk about how smart Alonzo Menafil. Here's a guy that you know came in was just you know manhandling people with power and speed and you know this the strength that he possessed and he had times like ed herman is a you know a veteran fighter not that fast but tough as you know uh, uh, he's tough as shoe leather and he came into this and he's just he's trying to you know do his thing and he's walking through a lot of shots and there was times when menafield got to him and hurt him and you saw ed having problems and menafield went after him and then as Ed worked through it, you saw Menafield back off. He was able to give that burst, that blast that almost finished the fight, but it didn't, and he didn't waste energy when, hey, it's gone. Don't keep on going. He sucked, you know, stepped back, sucked in some wind, and then went back to doing what he was doing prior. I thought it was the best performance by far that I've seen out of Alonzo Menafield. 
Yeah, good stuff by him. Um, okay, so I kind of was in and out of the Vince Morales fight because I just got to the studio, so I was yeah. just watching bits and pieces that everyone was here introducing. What did I miss in that fight? You know, good fight back. Both guys made basic mistakes in it. Both, yeah. there was, you know, times when they were overextending, doing things. But it was a tough fight, a very tough fight to judge. It was a close fight. I thought the judges got it right and that Vince Morales just did a little bit better, a little bit more, a little bit better shots overall. But it was, a you know, a very evenly contested fight. Both guys had chances in there to, to do damage to their opponents. I thought uh, Rodriguez did a really nice job with the jab and, and the, the right hand. He hit a lot of times. Morales did not figure out how to stop some of these things, and you cannot continue to do that just based upon toughness. You got to, yeah. you know, think about your footwork and step back, step to the side, all those things. Move your head a little bit more, and you'll be a little more successful in not being punched in the middle of the face a lot. But both guys showed <laughs> toughness, and it was it was a good fight, it really was. And yeah, that's it set up. It set up what I thought was the fight of the night. That's the key for to fighting. Try to like hit and not get hit that's, that's a good that's idea the, that's, that's it's a good idea, idea right there yeah. that's one of the biggest things that i loved about um andre ward when his dad had brought him to train with uh virgil he yeah. said look i want my son to be one of the best boxers the best boxer in the world but i also don't want him to get hit yeah and so then they started working on his head movement him slipping and countering and he's he made a career out of it man one of the best ever to do it man absolutely amazing and i think that's key i think for mma guys They've got to start learning how to move their head and get their head offline. It's not about just being the toughest guy in the cage. It's about being smart, not just being. using fight IQ in terms of what your skill level is, but make them miss and then counter. And not a lot of fighters do that. No, that's true. Be being tough is impressive to the fans, and and they yeah. they appreciate. It. No, they do. They appreciate it when a guy's you know taking shots and coming. Wow, he's tough. And I do the same thing, but it's not good for your health. And, you know, that's what you were talking about with Andre Ward. I, his dad did go in the gym and says, I don't, I don't need you to make him tough. I need you to make him good. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. what Virgil did. So. so the fight that lived up to all the expectations that we had thought you and I had talked about, though, is I was like, man, this is not a good fight for Bobby Green. It's just, uh, what's it called, Fazeev. I was just like, man, he's so good on the feet. He's, he's got great kicks. He's got great hands. I mean, he's powerful. He's explosive. All of those things, he's, he's pretty much up and coming. No one really has seen a whole lot of how his ground game is and all of those positions and whether he can get to the ground. Bobby Green didn't even bother trying to get a takedown. He was comfortable on the feet. He's a dog, man. It's I love Bobby. watching Bobby Green. Does he I love fight? it. He's he, he's he's must watch TV. He, Bobby Green is must watch TV. I'm but it was the, the other part that was good is both of them were in the cage talking and and yeah. talking stuff. And there was the one time that Bobby's kind of he runs away from you know to get and here's. Fazeev is just running after, yeah. you know, like I'm right here. You know, yeah. it was, but these guys set their feet and threw. You know, Fazeev did a lot of beautiful work, and man, he yeah. the guy obviously has got fast and hard kicks, and he landed some heavy kicks. I think that was the big difference in the fight as far as what he landed. He landed a ton of shots to the legs, where Bobby actually landed a lot of shots to the face and head. But not as much to the legs, and I thought Fazeev just, you know, it was probably, you know, 29-28 was the right score for it. I thought uh, yeah, it was uh, Bobby definitely took the third round, but I mm -hmm. think Fazeev was just uh, eked out the first, just a little bit better. Yeah. And I, thought, I think the leg kicks was the, the real difference for the judges and what they were looking at. But God damn, both guys 
thank you very much because that is what fighting is about except bobby you used to wrestle at least a little bit dude come on brother no I got to tell you, I was like, wrestle, wrestle. But then he didn't wrestle. I was like, fuck it. I love this. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. He was great. Look, look, I fought Bobby. Bobby's a little bit of a slow starter. So he tends to like try to get more involved into the fight. He's someone that like he has to talk you into fighting a little bit. And once Vaziv started talking back to him, it, it amped it up. And the two of them started jabbering back and forth. And the exchanges were great. The thing is, is Bobby, he doesn't really elevate the level until he starts really getting cracked or re- things start kind of then he starts elevating and starts going after it a little bit more he's a like i said he's a dog i want i want to watch him fight all the time he's must watch tv he doesn't know his record doesn't show just how good he is no. and that's that's the sad thing about it is that he's someone that will probably get overlooked time and time again but he takes fights on short notice he takes them against people that nobody wants to fight. The word around uh, the UFC from people that I know that work for them, and they're also talking with some of the guys last night, no one wanted to fight Fazeev. And guess what? They called up Bobby, and Bobby's like, yeah, I'll take that fight. Hell yeah. They're like, are you sure? They're like, why? And he's like, I get paid to fight. And I'm like, that's Bobby Green. So how are you not a fan? That's what I, I not, not you, per se you, but I'm just simply saying, <laughs> I don't understand how people can't be fans of him. Like, if he's on, if he's on a card, I'm watching that card. Oh, absolutely. So, because you know, he, he brings it and, and he's fun, he's just you know yeah. he's he's out there doing his thing and he does things that nobody else can do. You know, shoulder roll is great in boxing, mm-hmm. and I, I tell people all the time you can't just shoulder roll in MMA. Bobby Green can shoulder roll in MMA. Yes, he can. <laughs> okay, he's the one guy. He can do it, man, and he doesn't take a whole lot. Of, he gets hit every now and then, but you know, even I looked at the striking as far as how crisp Fazeev is with his striking and everything. He had problems hitting him, man. He threw a ton of shots. Now, he hit him at times, but he missed a bunch. Yeah. And he wasn't going towards the legs and attacking the legs. You know, all the punches he threw towards the head. There was a lot of those that, that missed based upon just speed and being elusive in the way that Bobby does things. And Bobby cracked him by bringing his hands up at times that he didn't see it coming. And he got cracked. It was just a fun fight. Both guys, man, just fantastic job by both again i i didn't want to see anybody lose in that fight yeah just to touch on what you said is fazeev missed a lot bobby was what i felt like the difference for bobby though was after he made fazeev miss he hit the jab a lot of people would load up and try and throw the right hand or the left hook he would just slide his his head back like he would lean back a little bit and make space for his jab and he would stick the jab right in the face and he's got one of the best jabs you don't get enough credit for. He uses his jab more than his other punches. And he's he's phenomenal, man. Like I love everything he's doing right now. He's not coming out on the on the winning end on some of them, but he's fighting some of the best guys in the in the game right now and he's doing a great job. So, like I yep. said, he's must watch TV Bobby Green is. Yep. All right, now I want to talk about Mac Weldon. We're talking about closer because man, I do not go shopping. I hate shopping. If you're a busy guy, and you want to be part and embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon daily wear system, I'm telling you, it's awesome. It is so cool. You get to go online, pick it out. They've got performance fabrics. It's built to work for you. It's breathable T-shirts, polos, the style of shirts they have, the button downs. They have shorts, underwear, socks. I got the socks. They're fantastic. Mack Weldon makes it very easy for you to dress and look good without having to worry about it because I don't pick out good clothes. I know that 
my man Josh, he's a he's a fashionista. Of course, of course. But I am not. So this makes it really easy. I get to go online. I picked out this shirt right here. Really great. I went golfing in it with the shorts and the socks. Man, and you know where I live, it is hot, it is humid, and it was very comfortable, very loose, very breathable. Loved the entire thing. It was fantastic for me. Yeah, I got the uh, A Sweat shorts as well, and then I also got some of the sweats. Those are absolutely amazing. I like the tailored bottoms where you sometimes, because you have big legs, I don't have that problem. So, But I have the tailored more, bottoms. It's more I love big it. ass. It, yes, this is true as well. But it feels. But I'm saying I walk, I wear around. I can wear them out with my shoes, with normal shoes, like just to anything. I wear anywhere I go to dinner, whatever it is, and they don't look really look like sweats. They're so comfortable. They're they're nice. They're tapered. They look clean on you. And then I can also just lounge around them in the house. So I got a couple pairs of those. And then their their tech pants are freaking awesome, man. I put them on, and then they make they're they're good to play golf. And I play a lot of golf, as you know. And so when I get out there, it's perfect. There's flex and stretching them, obviously. So I love those as well. Those are the two big products. And I got some dress socks as well and a couple pairs of underwear. And uh, I haven't had that. I haven't been able to wear the underwear yet, but the dress socks I wear now because of all the suits and stuff that we wear for all of our shows for Bellator. So it's been great, man. I've been having a great time and I love their products. So if you guys want to check them out, um, you can buy some time this summer with the Mack Weldon daily wear system for 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com slash Wayne in and enter promo code Wayne in. That's MacWeldon.com slash Wayne in promo code Wayne in for 20% off Mac Weldon radically is honestly, honestly, I love their stuff. It's fantastic. Especially if you don't like shopping, man, if you're that guy that doesn't know what to put together like me, this yes. is the perfect thing for you. Hope you love it because I do. Um, okay. So how did you, ha- I didn't get to hear the scoring. I just see right now that it was a split decision. We didn't get to hear the scoring on the Casey and Kenny cause we can't play this, the audio in the studio. Cause then they'll okay. take it down off of YouTube, but the Yadong song and Casey Kenny fight. Great fight. I thought it was a great wonderful fight. fight. How did you have it scored? I had it scored exactly the way the judges did. You know, did I you? Thought if you were taking a look at it and I thought Casey did a lot of good work, but song ended up, he, he out volume Casey and there was times when he had the heavier shots. There was times that Casey had some heavy shots and, and there was times that both of them did well in the fight. And I just looked at it. I think, you know, song just outworked him. He didn't come forward as much as Casey, but he landed the shots and that's what you're going for. I thought, you know, Casey won, uh, the, the, uh, was it the third round? I think I had Casey winning and stuff, but I thought song had, uh, way more output in the beginning yeah. of the fight way more output i think in the second not an, not enough by kenny to make up that and then finally when he really started to turn on i thought he he did well it was a it was a good fight back and forth both guys are very similar in the way they do it i think song's got a little more power in his hands than mm-hmm. casey does i think casey's more of a volume guy and he needed to have more volume against song to get that win yeah song needed to utilize the kicks a little bit more than normal like he needs to utilize the kicks to set up his hands. That would have done a lot. He kept lunging in a little bit with his stand, with his boxing, and then Casey was able to kind of get out of the way and then counter a little bit. Casey's mm-hmm. slick, man. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. thorough. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed really when he fought Dom. I was like, okay, yeah, you know. But Dom's also thirty six. I'm like, you know, you should be, you should be making this a dominant performance to fight someone like Dominic Cruz, you know. And he wasn't able to. He came out on the short end of that stick. But Song fought a great fight. I. I I didn't know how it was scored, but I had Song win it. I think the same way you did it. I had him winning one and two, and then Casey went in the third. Yeah, that's how I had it. Yeah. But it was great. Overall, overall, good fight. Oh, my God. Both guys going after it. I thought Kenny fought very well. 
see, and those are those ones I think he's going to go back, and I, I know he believes he won it, and that's okay. Yeah. He's being probably told that in the corner, too, so that's just verifying you know his feelings as far as what's going on in the case. Because a lot of times you don't know when you're in there fighting. You don't know, if am I winning? Because you, you hear it all the time. Hey, did I win that? Because... <laughs> Well, if the corner know. doesn't if, if if the corner doesn't know, don't don't say you're winning. I it. Don't know, tell I your fighter that. you're winning all the time. That's the man. worst. If your corner tells you that shit, don't say don't don't believe them. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't it's, know. Well, it's tough. But it's I think Kenny's gonna look go back if he watches that fight. He's gonna see all kinds of times when he could have been busy and going after mm-hmm. Song, and he let those times go by, and that would have been the difference in getting the win. Yeah. Oh, uh, my little Torres tiny tornado. My, Angela. Hill. My little tiny tornado. <laughs> nah, <laughs> she, nah, I guess that, man. I got a little crush on her. She's a she's funny. She just, I don't know. She's She fights hard. She fights her ass off, man. Like, that's what you want. Now, Angela Hill fought her ass off as well. She uh, did. Tisha just beat her to the punch. That's It yeah. really came down to she's just mixing it up. The sidekicks. The sidekick set up to the punches, you know, all those things made a big difference. I thought Tisha took some chances that she didn't have to take. They, they, I think, kind of could have lost her some rounds. She did that spinning uh, wheel kick or whatever at the end of, I think, the second or the, I think it was the end of the first or the second. She did it and she ended up on bottom. And I'm like, the round was close. You mm-hmm. take those kind of chances, you could end up losing it by trying round. to land that. Yeah. Nothing really happened. I know once Angela Hill got on top, but yeah. it's like, you don't, you never know how the judges are going to view that. We've seen some shitty ass judging as of lately, you know, and so it's sometimes you never know. So, but I thought, I thought they both fought their asses off. You know, Angela Hill came up a little bit short on it, but then uh, we had uh, Brian's uh, uh, girlfriend there. Um, she fights for the UFC also. Something Cortez. Tracy. Tracy Cortez. She was there and I was chatting with her about it. I said, hey, so like, who do you think? And so she, she trains with Angela. She likes Angela a lot. And she's like, I thought Angela, I should, she thought Tisha won, but she was rooting for Angela. So it was one of those yeah. fights back and forth, but it was, I thought it was a good fight. You know, it's, it's just one of those style wise. Angela comes and she's very Muay Thai centric and that she's forward facing. She'll throw that, you know, teep kick up the middle. But when you've got someone like Tisha and she's got more of a karate based style, she's very bladed and she likes throwing that sidekick and it just seems to catch Angela in as she's coming in, she gets caught to the sternum. She gets caught to the abdomen. It comes up, it hits her in the face at times and it's the blitzes that Tisha Torres brings. She brings those multiple, you know, four five punch combinations, which I love. Sometimes she crowds her space a little bit and she yeah. kind of jams herself a little bit, but at least she's going after those combinations that those three fours and possible fives are landing. And they did. Now they didn't do a lot of damage to Angela. You know, she was able to accept them all real well, but they scored. That was the real difference. When you're that, when you're the tiny tornado, you can, you should be able to fight in a fucking phone booth. And that's what she does. <laughs> <laughs> she crowds the space and she knows that Angela Hill is too, too long, you know, to really fight in a phone booth like that, yep. you know? And so when you take away that, you crush that space and you have someone who's a long, lanky, there it is, guys, long and lanky fighter. Okay. Then it's harder for them to do the uppercuts and the, you have to start fighting with your elbows. And I don't know if Angela has that really in her repertoire, I guess you'd say of, of technique. And so I think, I think Tisha, she crowded the space. Like you said, she does smother herself sometimes in the in the in the boxing, but she's able to get in and get out. And she, what I love about it, is she gets out on an angle. She yep. circles out when she gets there, and so she fought a smart fight. She fought a good fight. I thought, 
I, you know, I think this solidified the fact that like, hey, because Angelo was saying like, oh, you, you know, you barely beat me in the first fight and this time, you know, and I'm better now. And no. well, I, I think this conversation is done now. Yeah. So, I think the conversation's yeah. Done. but good stuff to both. Of them. I thought they both fought their asses off. I tip my hat to both of them. They both fought their asses off. I thought it, would, it was a great fight to have on the main card. Then we come upon the one that I was looking forward to because I love Vicente Luque. Look, mm-hmm. that dude, may, he may not be this flashy guy that people uh, are so enamored with. That some bitch can just flat out fight. <laughs> he can fight in the what? stand-up. And then John, fight John, wh- John, why does he got to be a some bitch? <laughs> <laughs> John, um, why, why does he got to be? No, no disrespect kidding. to his mama. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love watching because he comes to fight, man, and he's solid. He doesn't make glaring mistakes. Yeah. You know, I thought that the takedown attempt by Michael Kiesa, I loved it, what Michael was doing as far as trying to, you know, all that use of that cage and that movement, smart by Kiesa. That was smart game planning. That's the way you start to make someone overextend. I thought, you know, when he made his shot, it was a beautiful timed shot. Great job of getting him down. Put him in some problems. I didn't think that it was as uh, close as uh, the commentary did at the time because they were saying, oh, you know, he's, he's got that. And it's like, no. Oh, he's hurt. Oh, he's yeah. hurt. Well, <laughs> Rogan wasn't there, so there was no. Oh, yeah, I hurt. know, but it but, it was more like it was so excited that it made him feel like something was going to happen. And yeah, it wasn't that it. close. But, yeah. you know, Luke then turns in, turns in, gets to the position of the Dars. And when he got it and then he got close on it, you know, oh, that's tight. That's trouble. Yeah. And Kiesa wasn't able to get out of it. But you know, and this is it's just there's levels to everything. You gotta have the full game when you're gonna when you're talking about being up at that, you know, upper level in the, you know, top ten of the UFC, then getting into the top five, man, you've got to have the full repertoire. And, and Michael's got I, I, he's definitely got the wrestling. He's definitely got the great the submission game. His stand up is not causing his opponents concern. Now he did land a beautiful, you know, straight yes, one-two on Luke, but again, even landing it, no effect. And but so that helped got, set up his takedown, which made oh, no his doubt about a it. Easier. No doubt about yeah. it. But he just doesn't have that snap and that power that makes someone take a step back and go, "Ow, okay, I need to approach that differently." I think he does. The thing is, he do? doesn't have confidence in himself okay, to throw it more right. often. And then fight the fighter. Other fighters don't respect him. They're like, okay, he's gonna only throw one or two, and that's it. Like, I think he's got the snap because Vicente Luque got hit. He stepped back a second. He's like, oh shit, where did that come from? He was, he was more surprised. shocked that yes. he threw it. If he had confidence in his stand, I'm not saying he should stand and bang with people. That's not what no. I'm saying. But I'm saying if he had more confidence, like, it was almost like Kiesa was surprised that he landed the combination. He threw it, boom, boom. He's like, oh, shit, what happened? Like, it was there. He's got to have confidence in himself when it comes to that type of stuff on the feet. Well, in terms of his wrestling, is it, we know it's on point. His jujitsu is on point. But what I'm going to say next is about respect. He didn't respect Vicente Luque's grappling. He thought, once I get this fight to the ground, it's going to be done. I'm going to have his back. And he did things on when he had his back that he shouldn't have done. He started making the transition to the arm as he started yeah. to slide off. No, fight to keep the back. The back is the most important position. You're not taking any damage. You can finish the fight at any time. Only attack that arm bar when it's last resort. Last, he was last attacking 10 seconds, it. The last 10 seconds of the round. Yeah, you know, and you he don't was attacking get it, okay. that arm. 
he was attacking that arm as he was still on the back. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he slid completely off and ended up on bottom. And that was the change. That's what changed everything. And I think the lack of respect for Vicente Luque's, Vicente Luque's grappling is what cost him the fight. He thought, ah, okay, I'm okay. He had the same problem. Remember, I think it was with Kevin Lee. He came out, didn't say he got caught in a guillotine, I believe it was. Yeah. You know, just came out and thought like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you can't grapple with me. You've got to well, respect Kevin, Kevin, everyone. Kevin Lee, he ended, he ended up in a rear naked choke. Oh, okay. But, so, okay. I thought it was a guillotine, but yeah, they got into an exchange. Kevin Lee got his back and, and choked him. But I'm saying that was a lack of respect as well. I know you're great. I know he's a phenomenal wrestler. He's a phenomenal grappler, but you can't make those kind of mistakes at the level that you're fighting at now. When you get in that top five, top seven, top eight, they're all good. They're all good. They may not all be the most well rounded. Okay. But they're still good. It's no different than Vicente Luque. You need to respect your stand up a little bit because you landed that hard, clean one, too. You know, if you have more confidence in throwing it, I think you'll have success more on the feet and that will help set up your takedowns. But he rushed a lot of things last night. And, it, and when he had the back, when he had the control, he needed to focus on flattening them out, breaking him down, making him wear on him. So if they did get back to the feet, Vicente Luque wouldn't have been the same fighter. That wasn't the case. He scrambled. He did something. He made a mistake, got on bottom, made a made a bad decision on going to all fours right there. Didn't yep. respect his grappling. Boom. Dark or the choke got put on it was done and i was like ah. i thought he was out for a second too because he was pushed on the leg staying away but you could tell vicente luque that's like his move remember yeah, how pico it. was hitting it left and right on uh yep you know he just kept going to it kept going to it and he's like okay Aiden that's Lee. his move you know yes yes so you know when you know when guys have that when they go to that right away that's their move that's their technique that's the one yep. they hit the most in the gym so I agree. but it was Really? Oh, wow, very impressive. How did that taste? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. It's just true. You, you, you hit it, you know, hammer, nail. Out of, I hit it out of the nice park. job. Boom. I wasn't, I wasn't going home run. I was just saying like a, a nail. <laughs> Come on, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, then we get into the uh, legend himself, Mr. Jose Aldo, taking on Pedro Munoz. Jose at 135. He, he's starting to look even better. Yeah, he, he, you know, I thought the first round was very close and it could have gone either way. I probably would have given it to Jose, but it was close. Uh, but man, he does not kick like he used to. Nope. He still does he did. it. And we tell you when he did look how effective it was, especially in the third round when all of a sudden yep. man, he's, he's taking him off of his feet, taking him off balance all those shots and then his hands were fast and when he decided to go into multiple shot combinations oh my god just accurate beautifully done didn't take any damage at all in those just you know what do you say for a guy that you know he's not that old man 34 <laughs> years of age he's going to be 35 coming up but uh, he's been around forever forever and he's fought everybody Take a, I mean, just take a look at his last five fights. It's crazy. I mean, this, who, who's he got? Last five fights. Volkanovski, Marlon Moraes, Peter Yan, Marlon Vera, and then Pedro Munoz. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's a stud. I mean, like oh. the king of Rio. Like, that's what you just got to call him. Like, I really, when people talk about who is yeah, the they best can't say king of the streets. And Marco, who has been pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's the king of Rio, man. Like, and, I mean... When I look at the best fighters that have ever come out of Brazil, he's the number one guy. I know people want to say Anderson Silva. No, I'm sorry. It's it's Jose Aldo. 
He was the longest reigning champion in that weight class. That weight class is a dog weight class in terms of there's been killers that come through though. I've loved and respect what Anderson Silva has done throughout his career, but that level of competition that he has fought is nowhere near the level that, that Jose Aldo has fought over the span of which he's fought. It's been impressive, man. And I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from Anderson Silva, but Jose Aldo, if you know, I talk about the best fighter to come out of Brazil. It's him. I mean, outside of, you know, you say Hoist because Hoist is the one that helped start all this. No, you know, but I would say, I would say Jose Aldo, man. Like he's just. Hoist started it. He wasn't the best yeah. fighter. No, he wasn't That's the best okay. fighter, but I'm saying you got to still tip your hat to the guy and be like, oh, hey, we, yeah. we all have this sport because, you know, you and your family helped do this. That's but right. you got to remember those people. Um, but with him, it was very apparent as soon as the kick started coming on, mainly in the third round, he had one, I think he had one or two in the second that did, that turned, uh, Munoz Pedro around a little bit, yeah. like kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of lost his balance. Those were great, yeah. but the third round they really kept him up, really picked up. I think that's really what dominated that round, and it showed. Like if you put your kicks together with your hands, shit, man. I think there's a lot of people that uh, that whole top group of fighters got to be concerned. He got away from the kicks for the uh, for a long period of time in his career, and whether it's an injury or whatever else it is he was dealing with. But he needs to get back on it because they changed the way he fights. And now with that calf kick changing the game with his power and the speed in which he possesses in his kicks, it's money. It's just so it's so oh. it's easy. It's like it feels like it's just slim pickings for him. Just kick the leg and throw the hands or throw the hands and finish with the kick. Yep. I mean, he's just so good, so fast. And I, I hope I want to see him make another run for this title. Yeah. And that's what he wants. And I, I think he's actually got a chance at it now. Obviously, yeah. the, the guys that are sitting on top. They're all damn good, you know. And Who, can looking. you pull up the rankings, Dave, for 135? There we go. Uh, yeah, Peter Yan, TJ Dillashaw, and Co Corey Sanhagen. And, uh, Rob Font yeah. is ahead of him. And you look at all those guys, you know, he wants TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. Know, and obviously, that's not going to be for a while, as, you know, TJ had the knee surgery we know of, but. Yeah. I don't know how he's he doing said it, he said it. it's a quick quick recovery though. It was the oh, LCL, okay. I believe. He said only like a three month turnaround. So okay. he should be able to fully train. He's got to wear the I saw him last night with the crutches, the crutches and the knee brace. He's got to wear that for about eight to ten weeks. Then after that, he can start you know walking around, being more mobile. And uh, he said probably within like three or four months, he should be able to be full back to training. I'm like, all right, just take it easy, man. You're not you're not a spring chicken anymore. So just take it easy. Get back into get back into training, nice and slow. I think he's just chomping at the bit, you know, being being away for two years, coming back and then having to deal with this. So yeah. I think he's got more of a problem with his eye, though, because he's got a ton of scar tissue. He's had like four or five cuts on that one eye, you know, in the last probably couple of years, you know. And so you could just see the difference in scar tissue. John, when I was sitting next to him last night, you could see the difference in scar tissue just on that one side. So it's yeah. he's, he's gonna have to have it. He like he said he's gonna see a plastic surgeon. I think in the next couple of weeks I, is what he was talking yeah. about to try and have it removed or worked that is, out. That is what I would suggest. They can take and smooth yeah. that down and make a big difference because if you go in there with heavy scar tissue, scar tissue it, it it doesn't have any you know collagen or elasticity to it. Look at that. That's a big word for me. But in, <laughs> and so when it gets hit, instead of actually stretching, it tears. And that's yeah. gonna be a problem. And that that last look at that that last one he had against Corey that was straight up and down that was a good one. You know, yeah, that I think was almost, a, 
I saw the stitches last night, and I saw the cut originally before they stitched it up, but then I saw the stitch line last night. It actually almost went into his eyelid. That's why I so said. So I'm surprised the, the doctor let, didn't stop it. The fact that they let him go, I was very impressed wow. because of where it was at. Yeah, going down. So, But, you know, if yeah. you take a look and be honest, I don't think Corey Sanhagen's a good fight for Jose. No. I don't think that's a fight that uh, I don't think Rob Font's a good fight for him either. Okay, I, I agree, but TJ is a good fight for him. I think yes, that is. I, that's a good matchup. That's a good choice by him. I think that's a smart call out. That's one I think the USC would actually do, you know, champion versus champion, ex champion versus mm-hmm. ex champion. And yep. uh, I don't think, you know, obviously you've got the uh, Peter Yan is not part of the equation. I don't think that's someone that he should be fighting right now again because no. Peter's going to be fighting Al Jermaine, So, <clears throat> But I think he could, I think he made the right call out. I absolutely did. I think fighting Rob Font and Cor- uh, Corey Sandhagen is not a good style master for him right now. And I think uh, TJ, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock TJ at all. I just think TJ has the wide stance. He switches his stance. It makes for a fun fight. And then Jose's also beat a lot of the guys out of Alpha Male. And so that's a little bit of a talking point and an advertisement for the UFC to market it on. I mean, it, may, it would make sense. You know, it would make yeah. sense. I think that's a great fight. Also, too, TJ, I mean, Jose coming off a great win, and then TJ coming off of his win. TJ can be out for a while. Jose's going to be out for hopefully probably for like another couple months. So that makes perfect timing for them to come back together because that uh, Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yon fight is going to be a while because I guess apparently Sterling just had neck surgery a couple months back, like a month or two ago. No, they, they, they've already scheduled that fight. Yeah. Scheduled I, for I, Fight we'll, Island. We'll see how it goes. I mean, when's that fight scheduled? December? November? I'm not do sure we know, Dave? When, when they go to Fight Island, and supposedly that's when it is. So, but what do you do with Pedro Munoz though? That's the what one. What do you do I with am. him? He, you know, look, he fought his ass off. It just wasn't there for him comparatively. Yeah, but he's going to drop a little bit. I think Dominic is right below him right now. Maybe he'll, you know, Dominic might jump him, but I don't see dropping him down much off of that performance. It wasn't. No, there. I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. So did um, you see Rob Rob Font for the Fight Island fight? No, no, no. No, no, no. Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. Peter Yan and Aljamain. I think it's in November, John. Is it? All I know I is that so. we're scheduled for Fight Island. So, can't uh, It should be shown on here if it's booked. Yeah, as it's October thirtieth. Oh, October thirtieth. Okay, so close. Yeah. <laughs> That's so close October thirtieth. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> uh, I guess we're gonna see. But look, I don't think Sterling's gonna get out. I don't think he's gonna get out of that fight. I mean, I don't think he's going to – he won't be the champion any longer. So then I could see you have Sterling drops down to probably number two. You know, TJ jumps him. Peter is a champion. Um, I don't know. TJ sounded last night like he's only want, he only wants a title fight. So oh. if that's the case, then he's going to be waiting around for a little bit. So they fight not end of October, but, which is two uh, months. Gives him time pretty, to heal, then he can jump right in. Pretty simple. You got Corey Sanhagen coming off of uh, a loss, even though, you know – Yep. It was a very close fight, and if Aljamain doesn't win, then he's coming off a loss. That would yep. be a rematch that you could do based upon what happened the first time. You got both guys. One guy's going to come out with a win. That'll say a lot. So I don't know. I'm doing I'm, the matchmaking I'm down, for no reason. I'm down to watch that fight. I'm down <laughs> to watch that fight. Have have um have Corey and Rob Font fought? Sanhagen no. and Rob Font. I don't believe that could so. be a good fight. I would. That could be a good fight. Very both, good fight. Both of them, as you would say, long and lengthy. Yeah. Look, if you are a smoker, I'm telling you right now, fume 
F-U-M. That is what you need to get to get off of that nasty habit of being a smoker and get yourself straight. I'm telling you right now, you don't even have to be a smoker, but if you are, their essential oils and their fume little, the kit that they have, you start using that as your inhaler. Instead of puffing on a cigarette, you are going to stop smoking. You're going to get healthier, and that's what we want to see out of you. Fume is a fantastic essential oil aroma that you breathe in. It does things like it makes you feel almost energetic. It gives you that really menthol-y taste at times with some of them. There's all kinds of different cores that you put in. Fume is a system that I've been using. I'm telling you right now, my dad was a smoker for years. He gave it up, but he's got this oral fixation thing going where, man, he went from cigarettes to chewing tobaccos, and then he went into toothpicks, and now he chews gum like crazy. Now he's on a fume, and he's not chewing gum the same way, and he actually likes it, likes the way that it always makes him feel like he has gum in his mouth and that he's got a good taste in his mouth. Fume is the way to go. I love it. What do you think about it, Josh? You said exactly what I was going to say. It's a habit. Uh Smoking, vaping, chewing gum, all of those things are habits. So replace it with something that's a healthier version of that with essential oils that you breathe in. I use it basically not because I was a smoker ever or any of those things. And I don't really chew a whole lot of gum, which is probably why my breath is kicking, but like 16 ninjas. But the bottom line is, is people use it though to help get rid of their habits that they have. And then this thing right here with with fume, what it does is it allows you to replace those bad habits, whether it's vaping or smoking with essential oils that actually clear out your nasal cavity. Like for me, I have, like I've said before a hundred times, I've got cauliflower in one nostril and I've got a deviated septum in the other so trying to breathe out of my nose is painful sometimes (laughs) and so when i get onto the fume though it actually clears me out like you said that menthol kind of smell and feel almost like i feel like i just got out of a steam room you know when you get into those steam rooms they have that the eucalyptus type feel and their their chambers that they put in there the little um cores the, the cores that they put in there, you put Lovely. them in, they have different, they have different uh, tastes and smells to them as well. And they're essential oils. So no bodily harm to you. And they're actually a great thing to, to get into. And they've actually helped me with my breathing as well. So helps me sleep better. And I do a little bit in the morning when I first wake up, gets me invigorated because they actually have an invigoration one. And so that one gets me going, gets me pumping, ready for the day. I go for my run. And then I feel like I've opened up my chest as well. And then right before I go to bed so I can sleep without snoring and waking up everybody in the house, I do one night there. I know you snore loud, huh, John? That's why they call you Big John. Come on, baby. <laughs> Cozy chai for yeah. nighttime. So what you guys got to do is go to www.breathefume.com. Now, fume is F-U-M. There will be no E at the end of that. So it's www.breathefume.com slash in. Okay, and use that promo code Wayne in for ten percent off. Check them out; they've got a bunch of different flavors. You can uh, you can hit. They have got the uh, what is it called? The lime cherry lime. That's a good one as well. And there's a couple. There's another one called bubbly lime. Sorry, invigorate. Yeah, there's another one. That one's good. They've got a ton of other uh, scents and, and and flavors as well. So it gets you off of that habit of being a smoker, as well as like whether it's tobacco or whether it's vaping, gets you off of that. Replaces it with something more healthy for your body. Check it out. Do it now. Okay, so let's get into the main event. So you got Cyril Gaon versus Derek Lewis. Too much pressure on Mr. Derek Lewis. Yeah. And and right away he realized, oh, I can't can't reach him. Uh, Cyril's footwork is outstanding for a big guy. He's -hmm. he's light on his feet. He moves in and out very well. When he moves back, he's he's an athlete. There's no doubt about Mm -hmm. it. And if you're looking at it and you're saying, you know, like I said, my, my, my heart, Went with Derek Lewis. I wanted him to win. My brain told me Cyril Gaon's going to win. 
He just yeah. based upon, you know, the talent that he has and the way he fights comparatively. Not that Derek didn't have a chance, but you saw right away when Derek, you know, was swinging and missing, you know, yeah. he had to make those kind of runs at him and eventually he was getting hit with shots. Derek does not do well getting punched in the face real hard. He Nobody always acts does like, well, John. He, no, 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 no. Sorry. He always, <laughs> he, you go back to his Volkov fight. You know, look, Herb yeah. stopped that when he got punched, not poked in the eye. You know, yeah. and he has problems. Uh, he, he did it again, acting like he got poked in the yeah, eye. Yeah, I saw he that. He got punched. And uh, he just, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't affect his eye. I think he thinks that he got poked. It's just that he doesn't deal with that well and stuff. And from that point, really, it was almost like his mind started just, you know, how do I, what am I going to do? And uh, Cyril just, you know, fought a very smart fight. I thought it was going to continue on with him just picking at him and stuff. And But when he heard him, he went after him. Uh, there was all kinds of people talking about shots to the back of the head and everything. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm sorry, that fight was over. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a tough one for Derek Lewis. Being in his hometown, just yeah. the performance. You know, You know everyone turned out to watch him perform and just a lot of pressure you know um, i'm not sure if he handles that type of pressure well someone was telling me that he was talking about retiring until the ufc signed him to a bigger contract he's yeah. like yeah i'm tired of coming home and my kids making fun of me because i lost he's like that shit don't feel good and i'm like what the, what, <laughs> what, what, what the hell do you mean your kids make fun of you like yeah fucking daddy got that. beat up daddy got beat yeah. up and i'm like that's fucked daddy up, got beat man. up again. <laughs> shit making fun of me man, careful man I'm, I'm gonna call what's his name over to knock you out <laughs> <laughs> who does that shit damn Derek what you doing with your kids man um I mean look I, I love watching him fight because he always has that puncher's chance you you are right though he does tend to not take damage very well he does turn away cover up that kind of yeah. stuff that's not something you want to see from a heavyweight you want to see him go out on their shield um swing in and stuff so but regardless I'm gonna always watch and I'm gonna always uh support him because first he's got a, a fucking absolute amazing Instagram and I love <laughs> watching it he's, he's and, just an awesome and, person and, and all I want to do is fucking him to win so I can hear his post-fight interviews. That's why. <laughs> like, that's those are the two things that I fucking love about this guy. He's so great. It's great stuff. And Mr. Balls is hot is fucking is always gonna be on my A-list to watch his watch him fight. I agree. But um I, to go back on Gone, it's like I can't I can't brush over, you know, over this whole fight. Gone just had a great performance, you know, and I think stylistically Perfect. him him did versus exactly. um Ingano is gonna be a good fight. He did exactly what he had to do, John. Yeah, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, and and mm -hmm. you can't blame him for being elusive. Like you said, this this whole game is not about how much you you know you can take; it's about how much yeah. you can give and not take. Okay, you're not supposed to get hit. He didn't get hit very much in that fight. No, very little, mm -hmm. and uh, he just dominated the action of the fight. He controlled the position of the fight. He controlled the range of the fight. Even when Derek tried to either come forward or stand his ground. He just wasn't successful. He continuously just, you know, went right back to having to back himself up. Yeah. And uh, you can't have that. Derek has got to be a come forward or at least stand your ground type of fighter. And when he's going up against the cage, he doesn't do well fighting off with his back against the cage. So I thought that the Cyril and his team had a good game plan. They, they did it right. And when the opportunity came to finish the fight, that's what he did. Congratulations. I still don't say you're a champion. I'm sorry. Well, if you beat Francis Ngannou, great. You'll be the champion. Until such time, that's just a made-up title right now.
John, John, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna throw a little wrench in this whole thing, and, and I know go. we're supposed to do the we're supposed to do the my bookie uh, advertisement. But before we get into the my bookie advertisement, I'm gonna throw a wrench into this. The next when we get into the the news, Dave, can you pull up what Dana said about the script with Vince, uh, yeah. what, Vince McMahon? Can you pull yeah. that up? So because I'm so gonna throw Dana. a wrench in this whole thing real quick. Dana White on future Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gon title fight. Fucking Vince couldn't have wrote a better script for this. Here's the difference. Here's the thing, though. Dana, you're already assuming that Ngannou's going to resign or he's going to sign a, a fight with you. You need to pay the guy. He's your champion. He's your heavyweight champion. You need to pay him. If you want to see him fight, we, and I'm, the reason why I'm throwing a wrench is we may end up seeing Stipe versus Gon before we see Gon versus Ngannou if they don't pay him. So Stipe, I know he's already talked about fighting John Jones. That's great. I, I hope that fight happens. But I'm simply saying, if Stipe has to chew between John Jones and fighting for the interim title to guarantee him a title shot, which is originally why he wanted that that fight with uh, Francis first, he's like, I want that fight. And but then Francis is not fighting right now because he wants to get paid more money, which he should. Okay, but I think there's a little wrench to be thrown in there right now in terms of. Fran- uh, Stipe could end up fighting gone first for the interim title to guarantee him a title shot against Francis. See, to I me, mean, that's not that, that's not a smart fight for gone to take. No, no, that's that's absolutely a hard fight not because Stipe yeah. is going to be able to neutralize a lot of what gone does and the experience and the wrestling, and it's going to be a, a different fight. And that's uh, this is where look styles make fights. Stipe is not a shot fighter. People are going to no. sit there and no, say what not. they want. He's got a lot of skill. He's got a great stand-up game. He's got a good chin. You know, anybody in the heavyweights that, you know, if you get hit by a, a big heavyweight, you can be put out. Stipe can be yeah. put out. Gone can be put out. But um, I just look and say, as you're saying, look, at Dana does these scenarios and he creates. Look at Dana, <laughs> Dana needs to bow down to Vince because he stole everything from Vince. He stole his persona. He stole exactly how he runs his company, all of that. And so, you know, to sit there and say, you know, that Vince couldn't have couldn't have written this better. Okay, well, you, he taught you exactly what to do, and you're the one that kind of tried to build this together by creating this fake title for a guy that shouldn't be the champion based upon you have a real champion sitting there. You just don't want to pay him, so you're trying to bully him into a corner by creating a title and saying this guy can be my heavyweight champion and what what are you doing you're trying to be cheap, cheap. yeah he's stirring the pot man what's that was that i said see vince couldn't have written that better that was an amazing story you just told john <laughs> <laughs> it's just the truth I man. you got you uh, have to look through all the bullshit and understand what's going on and what is going on is dana's in a position where he has two heavyweights that are his main guys. He's got Francis Ngannou and he's got John Jones and he can't get either one right now to agree to fight for what he wants to pay. So he's creating things. He's pushing, okay, I'll put you on the bench. I'll push you to the side and I'll create my other heavyweight title. And if it comes down to Francis not agreeing to fight gone for the amount of money that Dana wants, he will bring in Stipe. He's creating he's this split. And is it right? No, it's not. But, but, the, but the, he's got to do it as the promoter. I understand that. And Francis mm-hmm. has got to do his thing as the fighter in saying, I'm not going to fight for that. So it's a battle. The, the, the promoter is always trying to get the fighter for the least amount they possibly can. 
and the fighters always trying to charge the promoter the most that they possibly can. That's the battle, and it somewhere in the middle, hopefully they meet. Yeah, this is really comes down to Dana likes he's always done this, which is it's fair play because you're the promoter. He's stirring the pot between Francis and and Gone. He's like, hey, I want this fight to happen. It's the script that Vince McMahon couldn't have written him better himself. But guess because what? I that's wrote putting, it. Because <laughs> Gone, because because Gone's the interim champion now, and so now that's putting it into Gone's into his teammate going, hey. Why don't you fight me? I want to. I want to unify these titles. I want to be champion. It's all your yep. fault. I can't be champion now. So this is what Dana does. He did it a little bit with the uh, Rashad Evans and John Jones fight. Oh, Remember totally. that back in the day. He totally. did that as well. He tried to do it with the uh, Koscheck and Fitch, and it just wasn't happening. There was plenty of moments and times where he's done this with teammates, and that's the problem when you go to when you go to a when you go to like a, a successful gym that has just nothing but talent. Greg Jackson's, aka now you have Sanford MMA. You know you had um, the Militiches. None of them really had to fight each other, but you know you've had you've had gyms. Which one did you say, John? Extreme Couture, where Francis is fighting on. Yeah, Extreme Couture. Yeah, exactly. So Extreme Couture. So I mean, that this is all just build up, trying to force Francis into signing a contract that that is going to underpay him. Realistically, it's going to underpay him. And John yep. Jones is going to yep. hold out as well. I think the John Jones Stipe fight. I think it favors John. Okay, but Stipe and Gone. I think Stipe beats Gone. And so the styles make matchups. I think Francis is a fucking arm handful for all three of them. <laughs> That's what I think. Francis, you know? <laughs> Francis has the neutralizer that he yeah. he can he can the wind of his punch can hurt you. Yeah. Fuck if that thing. I don't think came. I don't think the wind can knock you out, but I think it can hurt you. <laughs> if that shit was fucking one foot away from my face, I'd still probably go down. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. Oh down. man, I would I would fucking run. That's for sure. All right, hey, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in, and uh, you've got some stuff coming up, man, for you guys to talk about and you guys can bet on. Uh, you can bet on the Olympics as well. They're finishing up the last couple days, I believe, is tomorrow, right? Or yeah. today. Is it today? Sunday. Today. Sunday. Today. I think they have closing ceremonies either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, you guys can uh, place some of your last bets on some of the last events that are going on in the Olympics as well as all the other stuff. PGA, you've got Major League Baseball as well as our fights, and so go ahead and check them out. Hey, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code Wayne in, and they're going to give you a little extra cash as well for you first-time people that sign up with our promo code. Or you can sign up now and start just putting little bits in and wait for that big fight of Francis Ngannou versus Gon or John Jones and Stipe. Who knows? You'll have some money in there, and it won't hurt. You might Put be waiting a long line. time, by the way. You might be waiting a long time. <laughs> so you can save hundred. up a lot. Yeah, a couple hundred dollars. Ten dollars a week. Put it in there. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? All right. Well, you guys already touched on some news. So um, we'll jump into reacting to Francis's reaction, which is uh, so he tweeted last night after the fight. Impressive mm-hmm. performance from Gan. He's now a legit contender. See you soon, boy. Uh, when you know. Oh, him. he's pulling out the Yoel Romero oh, versus Michael man. Bisping. That's bad wow. juju right there because that fight never happened. Michael was able to avoid that. <laughs> hey, I don't blame him. <laughs> smart. Uh, I always smart. knew Michael Bisping was no, smart. Let's see. I'm going to fight Yoel Romero or I'm going to fight GSP for a lot of money. Yeah. Michael yeah. Bisping is not a dumb man. <laughs> 
Oh no, he's a smart guy, man. He's a yeah, smart he's guy. He's real smart. He's a shit talker, but he's a smart guy, oh, man. Right. And, and despite what people may think, man, I actually really enjoy being around Michael and hanging out with him and being around with him for some UFC gym signings as well as some other stuff and events. And he's he's a fun guy. He's a funny guy. We have no animosity, John, and I have no animosity towards his his show and our show. I actually love his show. I think it's a great show. So I know he likes to talk shit about us. We like to talk shit about him, but I enjoy thoroughly uh Watching him fight is when he was fighting. I I enjoy his his uh his commentary as well. I enjoy listening to him. He's a good person. Um, yeah. I, now I think can we when, now can we say bad things? No, <laughs> you can go right ahead. <laughs> Francis Ngannou, impressive performance from Gone. He's now a legit contender. See you soon, boy. Well, the whole boy thing. When you know, like, you is that, know. Is that like Big Brother? Is that Big Brother stuff? Yeah. See you yeah. soon, boy. Yeah, Jeez, I don't know. Man, that's Big Brother stuff right there. It is, but it was. So, you know, the it's, last, it's it's the last little bit. When yeah. you know, you know. Because I say it all so the time. Is, Look, you don't know what you don't know until you know. But here's the thing: is he saying when you know, you know? Like he's saying, like uh, gone. You know when we trained, you know what happened. And is, uh, it, he's, that's is exactly that what he's saying? That's exactly what he's saying. That's exactly yeah, right. What he's that's what that's what I got from it. It's like that's you exactly know, you what know. When you know, you know. Like, are you sure you want to do this, boy? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. You painted yourself into a corner. You have no choice now but to fight me, <laughs> except for when Dana pays me. Damn. Good. I, I look, I would love to see that fight. I think, it, I think Gano, I think, is a little bit better of an athlete than Ngano, but I think Ngano possesses the power. I think probably is maybe a little bit faster. Um, equal, Even if the speed's equal, the power is definitely going to be possessed by, by uh, oh. Ngano. There's no doubt that Ngano has yeah. the power, but I do believe that I think Gon has the fuller game. I think he's the more complete fighter. You, you yeah. just don't see. Although the one time that I, the first time I ever uh, refereed Francis, he pulled off a Kimura. I was like, "What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to do that." He just I think it's his only it. submission of his career. <laughs> he just muscled it. He oh, just was man. like, "He's like, give me that toothpick of an arm, boom, and yep. just fucking ripped it off." <laughs> Yeah, um, I think like I agree with you. The better, um, I think he's got better conditioning. I think if he gets a takedown or two, it's going to affect how Francis performs as the fight goes on in five rounds. And sure. if Gon can get a takedown or two and, and hold him down, make him work to get up, Francis has been proven to not be the same fighter after he's been taken down a couple times and trying to get back up. He slows down. The power is not there. It's not well, as noticeable because the speed to get it there is not as noticeable. There's so good that's, things. That's it. There's good things for the guys, you know, Eric Nixick and uh, all the guys, Ray Sue and all them, good things for them to work on yeah. in preparing for fighting a guy that's a complete fighter. You know, they had the complete fighter against Stipe. They had a good game plan. We'll see what they do against Cyril Gunn. You know, heavyweights are the worst motherfuckers to try. He got to be a some bitch. <laughs> heavyweights are the worst <laughs> motherfuckers to get to do cardio. Man, I swear, like I know Trevor Prangley was Tre Trevor Prangley wasn't a heavyweight, but it was like pulling a heavyweight to fucking go to the treadmill. Let's okay. go. Just would not go. <laughs> Here, I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the treadmill, yeah. and I want you to take and put a 45 pound plate on your chest. Now run, okay? Yeah, but That's I don't have the same muscle. I don't have the same matter. muscle to help push you're me. Carrying weight and carrying weight fucking sucks when you're doing cardio. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Try if, you to know what, for cardio, though. If if you put our respiratory system with your weight, we're gonna do what you do. We're gonna feel good. Oh, I can just go forever. 
Well, you've got to build up that respiratory system oh, by doing dude. cardio. It doesn't That's matter. Like... It still sucks. Oh, I'm not oh, saying man. it doesn't get better, and I'm not saying you're wrong. They have to do cardio. But it sucks. Yeah, of course it does. I hated it every single day, but I still did it. How come guys <laughs> that are, say, 250, 260 in rugby can still run up and down the field, but but heavyweight fighters, they just like, the nah. They're just they get slow. to stop. They're just slow. <laughs> <laughs> they just they don't have they don't have the heart <laughs> oh man i love i love i love i love watching heavyweights having to do cardio it's fucking like kicking and screaming like a child trying uh, to get him out of the candy that's store that's exactly what it is it's, it's like so it's like making your great. kid eat broccoli oh it's oh god remember remember jeb brown's son uh we're trying to eat the, uh, the spinach he was like like almost like he was gonna that. throw up and then he's just like go ahead keep going keep going it was so great it was one of the various videos i've ever seen uh what else you got dave um so sticking to heavyweights um you know the john jones thing dana white confirms that john jones will not fight again until 2022 i think john jones also tweeted this but um it's kind of just yeah confirms that you know we're not getting any john jones fights until next year which which opens the door now for stipe to fight gone if 2022 is not going to happen then gone and stipe can fight probably like sometime in december you know sometime yeah, around you, there you've got you've got some time there if they're if they're basically <laughs> yeah. saying the door is shut on that there's yeah. a lot of time so you could see stipe stepping in there yeah oh yeah can i be the interim champion guarantee me a title shot it's, i'll take but that. it just depends like we we're talking it depends on what they offer francis that's true. I, I don't think I don't think Francis should take any less than a million a fight. Oh, just my, yeah, I don't think he should. I mean, like I think when you don't think close, what do you think? I think he deserves more than a million a fight. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying just on paper. Oh, I'm yeah. not talking about the I'm not talking about the pay per view numbers. I'm talking about yeah. on paper. He shouldn't take any less than a million a fight. No, because they're making good money on his fight. I know they are. I know. I'm not. And I'm not, when I'm people not. sit there, well, you don't know the numbers. Numbers are guaranteed. Okay, yeah. that's the contract they signed, so they know yeah, what they, they're getting. What is it, five sixty-five or something like that? Five hundred something thousand. No, they the guaranteed five hundred thousand. Anything yeah, over, 000. they split fifty-fifty. Yes. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Uh, just last piece of news: um, Uriah Faber um, talking to UFC about sitting down, um, interested in the return fight. Stop. Yes. Just stop. Look, I love Uriah. You had a fantastic career as a fighter. You've been incredible in helping other fighters move up the ranks, get to places where they want to be, helping them getting to the big organizations. You've been a great trainer for guys. You've been a, a person that has helped them in the entire process of understanding the game, learning what to do, learning the techniques, learning how to handle your, your finances too. No. Love you, Uriah. Stop. You got a family now. There's no reason to fight anymore. Mm -hmm. It's what are you fighting for? What if there? If you were gonna say I'm coming here because you know what, I can I can be champ. Okay, if that's if that's the truth, and you think you get there, great, do it. You know, it's like Jose Aldo. I think there's a possibility he could be the bantamweight champion. He could have that kind of fight. Yeah, he could pull that kind of fight off. Uriah can't, okay? Uriah can't beat, you know, let's be honest, the people in the top, you know, 10, how many is he going to be able to beat? Yeah, pull up the top let's 10 see. there. Okay, so he's not going to beat Aljamain. He's not going to beat Peter. He's not going to beat TJ. He's not going to beat Corey. He won't beat Rob. You know, we talked about Aldo. 
Uh, Cody's going to 125, so I don't even know why that's there. Marlon Moraes, Frankie Edgar, he's not beating Frankie. Pedro Munoz, he's not beating Pedro. He, he's already proved he can't beat Dominic Cruz. He's not going to beat Marab. There's just no one. Why? Yeah. Why do it? You know, it's, it, it's just not worth it. I, I love him. I, I don't want to berate him in any fashion. It's, you know, his choice. But there's just no need for it. John whipped out the dictionary today. Braid. I don't even know what the other word was. It was too long for me to remember it. But, uh, but yeah, he's just whipping it out today. Um, I agree. I agree. Like he's got he's got successful businesses as well, from what I understand. Yes. I think he does business uh, co- uh, construction with his dad. It's and the drug. He does other stuff, you know. Yeah, he's got some. He's got plenty of houses that he rents. Like, why are you yep. doing it, man? Dude, he owns like, half of Sacramento. <laughs> You know, um, it just, I, I don't want to see it. I, I, as much as I enjoy his walkout and his California love oh, California music, I love all that great. stuff. I love all of that, but he's got a beautiful family. I don't know if you've seen his yeah. kids. Oh, I'm yeah. like straight out of like a, yeah. a fucking, oh, like they look just like the mom. Commercial. Yes, they look thank just God. like the mom. Thank, thank God. God for the, thank God for your eye. <laughs> Sorry, your eye. <laughs> no, it's great, man. But yeah. beautiful family, just a beautiful family. So I, I would love to see him stay retired. You know, he's doing a great job. Like he worked, he worked the corner last night for a song. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Song. Yeah. Ledong, Ledong Ledong song. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So the dong song or Big Dong song. TJ, TJ got me confused last night. He's like, I call him Big Dong Song or something like that. I was oh. like, okay. And I said, TJ, I go, what? Is there something inside joke that's, you're not telling me? That's, What's that's going on, that's, you know, we'll, we'll bring that up when we start talking about Gegard Musasa. Oh, jeez. Yeah, big, <laughs> big dick energy. <laughs> big dick energy, <laughs> baby. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I just don't want to see it. I mean, even if it is, uh, I love I love Chito Vera. I love him watching him fight and stuff, but I don't want to see that fight, man. Nothing against you. No. Um, all right, guys. So, hey, go to uh, the like button. Smash that button for us on our normal YouTube channel as well as our clip channel. So make sure you hit the link and the click and click the link down below. That goes to our clips channel. We have a special show that we do for you guys there called Wayne Interjection. It's short. It's fun. It's very energetic. We have a great time with it. It's usually between 8 to, say, 12 minutes. 15 minutes will be the longest. We're not going to have any clips on our clips channel that are longer than 15 minutes. We have a special show just there. For you guys to enjoy and it's fun we have we, we finally get john out of his shell we dress him up like dana and connor and all these other people Ooh. when he finally opens up all these things so it's fun and uh it's something you guys should check out so make sure you hit the click the link down below that'll take you to our clips channel hit the subscribe button there as well and the thumbs up there and um yeah man subscribe to all of our audio platforms stitcher soundcloud itunes spotify those are our major ones so hit the subscribe button there you can listen to us in the car while you're driving instead of watching us on youtube and getting in a car accident so hopefully you guys enjoyed this show and um D- john do you want to talk a little bit about the fight companion last night do you have time sure okay just real sure. quick there was one i thought i thought the show was great we had uh tj dillashaw we had um brian ortega and then he had um his girlfriend there uh cortez Cr- tracy, tracy cortez. cortez and then we had um Mark Harley there, and then we had Brendan there. So there was five of us on the mics. Got a little confusing sometimes in talking. It is a lot. It was it was fun though. We had a good time. Um, but there was one little thing that was brought up to me, and you're gonna give me because you've seen that you've been in the cage, I believe. You you you've coached or not coached, but you've refed Brian Ortega's fights, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Many. So okay, so you've done many of them. We had a conversation like, and no dis, I'm not disrespecting Brian at all. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. But we got into a conversation about him because Brendan brought it up as well because Brendan likes to stir the fucking pot and that's what he does well. Is he, this conversation was is that 
Khabib is a top guy, Brian's a bottom guy, and then he thinks that Khabib's game falls right into where he's strong. Oh my God! No, speak on that. Look, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I just want to hear. Well, you. I want to okay. hear something because I know I'm a homer, and I don't, I don't want people was, at home going, "You're a fucking homer." That's why I he said think, this. And hold on, I think there was a a time back. I think Kenny Florian came up with a list of three that he thought could beat Khabib if if someone mm. was going to beat him. These were the three guys that could do it. One being Justin Gaethje. We all saw what happened there. Yeah. Right? The other being Ryan Hall. Okay. And I was like, you are absolutely out of your mind. Yeah. Okay. Ryan Hall couldn't beat Sal Rogers. And Sal Rogers ground and pound is half of what could be. I don't even know if it's half. I don't even know if it's okay. half. <laughs> and so the other guy was Brian Ortega. And I love Brian. And I've done a ton of Brian's fights. And, and Brian pulls off great submissions. Uh, he's got good stand-up. He's good everywhere. And he would end up underneath Khabib, and he would not be pulling off any of those submissions. It's not like, and this is where Khabib is is good at submissions, mm -hmm. and what he's really good at is submission defense. Yeah, he he you he's not a guy that puts himself in a position. He'll stick his head somewhere, and guys will try to you know guillotine and stuff like. That. The only guy that I ever saw come close was Dustin Poirier. Dustin. All right. And that was a mistake on Khabib's, and he still didn't get it even when it was deep. Yeah. And so I love Brian. That would be a horrible fight for Brian. Yes. Bottom guys, even Damian Maya underneath Khabib. On top, he might have a chance of submitting him. Underneath, he's not going to submit him. Yeah. It's see, not this like is the Khabib thing. doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. This is the thing. People underestimate his bottom game because he's not there. But I can tell yeah. you right now, his bottom game, in terms of not submissions, because he doesn't really care about submissions, his bottom game, his sweep game, is fucking on point. He is so good at sweeps, because his legs and his hips are so damn strong. His super hook strong. sweep Dude, is take super... a look at it. People don't really... Take a look at Khabib's body. I mean, he's got... First yeah. off, he's got big lats. He doesn't have, you know... His waist is fair, but his hips go out. He's got a huge yeah. ass. I'm, you yes, know, he does. Just being honest. It's why glad, i'm glad and you're checking that out well you know you got to see him you know there's booty there you got to look but you got to see what you're working with you, you, dude he's <laughs> super strong in his hip ass and thigh region he's got a lot of strength that's where you know he gets a lot of you know his takedowns from is the way he drives through and is able to turn yeah. corners on things i i'm just being i love brian yeah i've done a ton of his fights i've known brian since before he was fighting and then when he was just you know in jujitsu guy and He's, that is not a fight for Brian to win. Well, anyways, I bet Brendan a thousand dollars could be beats him in a grappling match as well as a fight. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I just, I was like, Brendan, Brendan's like, oh, what? he's like only a thousand dollars, like whatever, five. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. like, who cares? Yeah. Like, well, I just, and it's not, it's nothing against Brian at all. I, I look, well, I just look at it stylistically. I get it. You're good on the ground. I think he's phenomenal. I've, I, we just talked about him recently about him being the guy that gives AJ McKee and all the other other featherweights the hardest time because he is so well rounded. Exactly. He's good on the ground. He's got great. He's got great chin and he's, he's got tough good, as hell. good boxing he's tough as hell he's a he's a when i talk about dogs i talk about him okay he's that guy but we saw what happened when max holloway went up and fought dustin Poirier for the interim title and it didn't go well okay and the and what and like look what khabib did to dustin i know styles make matchups so I, I get that part but it was it was very controlling when you look when you 
listen to some or read some of the interviews that Dustin did is I've never faced anyone like that. I've never faced somebody like Khabib, the control, the takedown, the just the, the strip, this, this, this strength. The guy that I not strength, could not get anywhere not close move. to getting him off of me. Yep. You know, and that's so when people talk to me about like the his abilities, I'm like, you guys don't understand. He's not on bottom, but his sweep game is fucking one of the best. The same thing with Islam. They're very similar. They have a great X guard sweep to get back to the feet. They've got a great um uh what's it called? Hook sweep that gets them back on top. They're good in all those areas. You don't think they have like Khabib's got over 250 Sambo fights. You don't think that he hasn't been working submissions since he was a damn kid. Leg locks, ankle locks, knee bars, all of that shit, arm bars. They've been doing this shit forever. 250 amateur fights. John. Like if Cyril Gon's crazy. got ten fights, he's got ten yeah. fights. Khabib's got two hundred fifty. Before he's got, he was, he's got thirteen Muay Thai fights too. Come on. Okay, okay, but he doesn't have two hundred fifty <laughs> Sambo fights. Oh my and god! Then, that's... And then with Khabib, he's got two hundred fifty Sambo fights, and then he's also got he's what twenty nine and zero. You can't talk about and and that's the thing. Like I got I was getting like kind of I'm not heated, but I was like, gosh, I wish you guys knew. I wish you guys knew. Yeah. So, uh, anyways. Some, Again, you don't know what you don't know until you know. Yeah, and I love Brian, man. I I think he's got a great chance of beating Volkanovski, and so I'd love I. to see him get it done. I'd love to see him get it done. And I feel bad because I feel like every time we talk about Volk, it's always about him losing. Okay, and he hasn't lost. You know, it's like he keeps winning. And so I just, um, but man, I love Brian. He was great to hang out with last night and talk with and stuff. But the overall, I thought the show went well. It was good. It got a little clusterfuck sometimes with us talking because you know I was talking to TJ and then Brian and Brennan were talking and 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 Mark was like in the middle of it all, kind of ch- bouncing between us like a pinball. You know, so it was it got a little hectic last night, but it was fun, man. It was a good time. And it was great to really sit next to the guys and kind of pick their brains, you know, about TJ and his eye and his knee and how soon he's looking to fight for the title. And, you know, and with Brian in terms of the, the ultimate fighter and their show, it was good. It was a good little, some Brian, good communication. Brian's got what, like seven weeks before that fight? Something like that? Yeah, Six, yeah. I think weeks? it's the, it's the 25th, September 25th. Yeah. yeah so I think they're seven oh. weeks. This is the close of eight weeks. So I think Ooh, he's yeah. coming up on seven yeah. weeks now. All right. Yep. Well. Yep. All right, well, that pretty much sums it up. And I will give you credit. My man, he goes and he he does the fight companion down in Southern California, and he's back up in Northern California in time to do our show. Congratulations. Thank you very much. $895 later, I'm back. Yeah, baby, way to do it, man. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to strangle you. All right, buddy. Uh, All right, so hey, uh, hopefully you guys guys enjoyed this show. It was great. Um, You don't want to thank our sponsors. They've done a great job with us as well, and we're growing. We're getting better, and I want to thank, make sure that all of them understand that we appreciate them. Thank so, you to Few, Mac Weldon, yeah. and my bookie. We appreciate your help in keeping us on and keeping us going and actually paying Podcast Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you.